favorite stops. You know, I, I, it was, I knew it was nearing the end of my career, you know, when I when I signed there, but I still knew I had some, some good years left. And, uh, you know, it was it was great. Got to reconnect with some, some friends that I played with previously. And I knew I was going to a great organization that had done, uh, you know, a lot of winning in the past when they were in Syracuse and even Norfolk previously. And, um, you know, heard nothing but great things. You know, remember playing at the uh, the old war. I think it, the, the war, it used to be called the War Memorial. I'm not sure what it's called now, but um, you know, it was just a, such a great, fun environment to play in, and you know, to, to be a part of that environment for three years was uh, was really cool, and it was it was great to finish my career with uh, you know you know an organization that really took care of its players, took care of its, the families. Um, you know, had a strong foothold in the community. Um, it was it was really a, a great spot. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Savali. This is Crunch Chronicles, Episode 6. And on our show here today, we've got a very special guest. Very excited to have a conversation this week with former Syracuse Crunch defenseman, Joey Mormita. He's our guest here this week on Crunch Chronicles. A wonderful uh, person to have a conversation with. And he was a great guy to have in the organization for a couple of years at the very end of his uh, lengthy and uh, pretty successful playing career for Joey Mormita. He spent his final three seasons uh, that he played. They were all spent with the crunch. Joey Mormita was a guy who uh, went to Colgate University way back in the early 2000s. And then had a really, uh, a really successful career, primarily, almost all entirely in the American Hockey League. He started his career with the Manchester Monarchs after being drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers in 2002. He was uh, with Manchester in 2005. That was his first pro season out of Colgate after he graduated in 2005. So the 05-06 and 06-07 seasons were with Manchester. In 2007 and 2008, he spent almost the entire season season with the Albany River Rats while they were the affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes. However, during the course of that season, he played in one game for the Carolina Hurricanes as NHL debut that year, and that was the only NHL game he ever played in his career. Other than that, he was an AHLer and one of the greats, one of the one of the real prominent names in the American Hockey League as his career went along as a really solid, stout, physical, stay-at-home defenseman who was a wonderful person and a great leader. So that was in 2007 and 2008. Then he moved on to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins for a season, moved to the Adirondack Phantoms where he served as an assistant captain for a year. That was in 2009-2010. And then he returned to the Penguins organization and spent the next three seasons in Wilkes-Barre, including serving as captain in 2012-2013. That year, he uh, he helped lead the Penguins to the Eastern Conference Final, where the Crunch took him down in five games to advance to their very first Calder Cup Finals in 2013. And so after that, Joey Romina decided it was time for a new uh, new organization. In our upcoming conversation with Joey, you'll you'll hear the decision and what went into the the process of ending up going from the Penguins organization to the Crunch and the Lightning organization. And that's where he uh, spent his last couple of years, starting in 2013, 2014, and playing for the Crunch for three seasons through the 2015-2016 season. He actually ended that year with Rochester after a late trade. But for the most part, he had spent that uh, that three-year run with the Crunch. And then uh, that was it for his playing career. He retired from playing, got into coaching a bit, went to Mercyhurst for a year, and then spent two seasons as an 
assistant coach with the Hartford Wolfpack 2017 18 2018 19 the Rangers made some changes to the coaching staff in Hartford Joey was not brought back the rest of the staff was not brought back either and so uh, he has stepped away from hockey and has now gone into the uh, really as he calls it real life and so uh, he has got a job. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about a whole lot more, which is coming up right now on Episode 6 of Crunch Chronicles with former Syracuse Crunch defenseman Joey Mormina. Hey, Lucas. Well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of out of hockey, uh, you know, professionally in terms of a career, uh, you know, coach for a little bit, which is what brought us to uh you know, Connecticut. Um, now we live in West Hartford, Connecticut. I, uh, I'm in a sales position with a um, large commercial printing company here in town. Um, you know, kids are, uh, are getting big. I got one in middle school, one in elementary school. And, uh, you know, it feels nice to finally be settled after, uh, you know, a number of years of moving and, you know, living out of uh, boxes. We, we found a home here in, in West Hartford and, uh, you know, loving the, uh, the new life. Yeah. What, what was the adjustment like? I, I know hockey is such a, you know, it, it kind of dominates your life for so long and now to, to be away from it. What, what was the adjustment like and, and how is it going? Yeah. You know, the adjustment at first was tough. You know, I think with any, uh, any hockey player, you, uh, you never know what you're going to do after you're done. And um, you know what I, it's funny the first month out of hockey in, in the real world, I call it, uh, I was like, wow, I, I work five days and I have two days off every week. Yeah, what's that um, like? <laughs> what's that like? It's normally, you know, you just spend nine months with no days off and then you have four days, four months off in the summer. And it's just a repetitive cycle. Whereas now, you know, we can book family vacations in uh, February or March. Um, you know, I can uh, work from home on a Friday. I can I can adjust my schedule. So. The, the new flexibility is really great and, and one of the major reasons why uh, you know felt comfortable moving away from, from the game. Yeah, you were in coaching for a couple of years out, out after retirement. You coached at Mercyhurst and then uh, in Hartford, like you, you mentioned. Uh, what was coaching like and is that something you would want to continue to pursue or are you kind of happy now with where you're at? Yeah, you know, like I said, after I was done playing, it felt like uh, coaching was going to be sort of a natural uh, transition. Um, you know, my last couple of years in Syracuse, actually, I don't know if many people know this, I was actually a volunteer assistant coach with Colgate, where I went to school. So, you know, when I could, I went out to practice and, you know, found a real sort of passion and, and love of, of coaching, especially, you know, kids at that age. And so when I was done, I got an opportunity to go to Mercyhurst and uh, really enjoyed my time there. I learned a lot about you know, recruiting and, you know, putting video together and all sort of the things that happen behind the scenes with coaching. Um, you know, then an opportunity presented itself to get into the American league in in Hartford with the Rangers organization and, you know, jumped all over it. Um, you know, at the time, you know, my, my goal was to, to continue to coach and, and, you know, work, work my way to the NHL. Um, so I spent two years in Hartford with a great organization, um, you know, didn't, didn't win as many as we wanted to. And, you know, ultimately got, uh, you know, my contract wasn't renewed after my second year. And uh, it was at that point where, you know, continued to look at opportunities in hockey, was scouting and coaching and, um, you know, quickly realized that I was going to have to move again. Um, you know, we had taught, my wife and I had talked about that point about, you know, I would just be moving on my own and the, her and the kids would be, would stay behind. And, you know, for me, that really hit close to home. That's not something I wanted to do. Um, you know, I was, you know, to be a, a coach and an athlete for as long as I did, you have to be really selfish. And, you know, I, I just didn't want to do that anymore and wanted to, 
be a bigger presence in, in their lives. And, um, you know, now I'm actually coaching my son's squirt team. So uh, I'm still very much involved in hockey. And uh, instead of dealing with players, I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, players and parents, which, um, you know, it's just as exciting <laughs> okay. and just as interesting and challenging, if not more challenging. Right. I was going to say it might be a, it's a whole different twist, but it's a, probably a fun challenge to, to have to to manage now with uh, having the opportunity to see your, you know, your son on the ice and and being so involved in that. Yeah, I know. It's it's really great. You know, he's nine and uh, just starting on his his hockey journey. And um, yeah, it's it's great. Honestly, I would never have been able to to coach my son had I stayed in, in professional coaching and, you know, chances are he wasn't going to be able to play at a, at an elite level because there's a lot of travel involved. And my wife already is, uh, is busy with her job and my daughter plays travel soccer. So um, one of the kids was going to have to take a backseat. So I'm, I'm grateful that now I, you know, I'm there for every game and practice obviously as the coach. And um, yeah, it's, it's really a lot of fun to, to kind of start, all over again and you know the game has changed from when i was nine to where it is now there's you know um it's the landscape is a little, a little bit different so learning myself how to navigate it and uh but it's it's been great honestly i, I love being behind the bench and nine-year-olds are, are are fun to coach as they grow and learn uh learn learn the ways Oh, that's awesome. It's a wonderful uh, challenge and a, I'm sure a wonderful experience uh, for you. As we uh, we shift our focus now and, and kind of turn our attention to your time with the Crunch, uh, like we say, you were here for three years, uh, starting in the 2013-14 season here through the 2015-16 season. Uh, you know, three years in the organization, your last couple of years playing hockey when you, you kind of just had a wide brush to start us off. You know, what, what do you think back on when you, you think about your time at the Crunch? What was What was it like? playing here in Syracuse yeah it was uh you know one of my uh one of my favorite stops you know I, I it was I knew it was nearing the end of my career you know when I when I signed there but I still knew I had some some good years left and um you know it was it was great got to reconnect with some some friends that I played with previously and I knew I was going to a great organization that had done uh you know a lot of winning in the past when they were in Syracuse and even Norfolk previously and um, you know, heard nothing but great things. You know, I remember playing at the uh, the old war. I think it, the, the war, it used to be called the War Memorial. I'm not sure what it's called now, but um, you know, it was just a, such a great, fun environment to play in, and you know, to, to be a part of that environment for three years was uh, was really cool. And it was it was great to finish my career with uh, you know you know an organization that really took care of its players, took care of it, the families. Um, you know, had a strong foothold in the community. Um, it was it was really a, a great spot. Yeah, what led you to to joining this organization? You kind of mentioned, you know, Tampa had obviously had great success uh, in Norfolk, winning the cup two years previous to you coming here, and then uh, going back to the final the, the next year or the first year in Syracuse. It's kind of hard to believe that was only year number two of the affiliation, which is now going on its tenth season. But you know, what what were the factors that that led you to uh, to join the Crunch and the Lightning organization uh, at the start? Yeah, you know, obviously I came from Wilkes-Barre where I had spent four years and, you know, was the captain and, and uh, another, an organization I, I really truly, you know, fell in love with and, you know, was really hoping to finish my career in Wilkes-Barre and, you know, with the Penguins organization, but it didn't didn't work out. And, uh, you know, after that, my last summer, you know, with Wilkes-Barre, got an opportunity, uh, you know, spoke with Julian and there was a, you know, a two-year contract on the table, which is, you know, at that stage of my career, I think I might have been 32. Um, those are pretty rare back then for, for a veteran guy to get that opportunity to get some stability in my life. And, um, 
you know, again, like I said, going to an organization that I was very familiar with, I knew, you know, three or four players in the team spoke to them over the course of the summer and, you know, they were willing to welcome me with open arms, despite, you know, having just lost to them the, the year before in the playoffs, um, just got a really good feeling about it. And, uh, you know, I was kind of ready for, for a change of scenery. And, and like I said, um, you know, that stability at that point in my career was really something I, I couldn't pass up. And we hear so much from the, the players. It's very rare to come across a guy who's been in this organization uh, who has anything, you know, poor to say about the Lightning organization, just the way it's always positive. So you, you mentioned the expectations of you coming here and, and what you thought and what you expected, talking with the players, talking with Julian. Uh, how did that stack up with reality of what it was like for your three years? Yeah, no, it was, it was great. You know, Julian was a guy that paid a lot of attention to detail. There was really uh, no um, tool that wasn't, you know, this, you know, uh, we weren't allowed to explore in terms of, you know, all the all the treatment off the ice and, you know, you know, power skating with Barb and extra skills stuff. Um, you know, they, they really took care of their players. They were really invested in development. Um, you know, for me coming in as a as an AHL contracted player, I knew what my role was going to be. I had no false expectations of you know, playing in Tampa. So for me, it was all about being a part of the uh, success in Syracuse and helping the young guys, you know, grow and develop. And, um, you know, the communication was always great. And, um, you know, for me, it was, you know, obviously Howard is, is, is one of the best owners in the league in terms of, you know, he's not just uh, someone that showed up once a month. He was there weekly and, you know, had a relationship with him, which is, which is always special. And, um, you know, it was, it was just, you know, everything that was was discussed and was what I thought was going to happen beforehand, you know, ended up, uh, you know, being, being true. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, working with some of the young players coming through the organization. You were a big part of the leadership group for the, the three years you were here, uh, coming in as a, as a captain from Wilkes-Barre before that. But you were, you know, Mike Angelides was here. He was the captain. What was it like being a part of that leadership group? One of the, the guys that got, people would look up to in the organization and working with, you know, people like Mike Angelides and some of the other leaders here. Yeah, you know, I, I knew I knew Angie well from from playing with him previously. Um, you know, JP Cote, same thing. I played with him in Wilkes-Barre. And, um, you know, knew a lot of the older guys that were around, like London, that had, you know, played for him. So we had a really strong leadership group, and I knew those guys really well. And we we were on the same page with a lot of the things that we said and did off the ice, and believed in the same things in terms of you know developing developing a team atmosphere. Um, so, you know, for me coming in as the captain somewhere else, I just, I knew that, you know, I was going to just be supportive in, in my role and support those guys anyway, any way I could. And, um, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to lead when you're surrounded by other great leaders and, and, you know, Angie is, is one of the best, uh, that ever did it. And, you know, someone I still talk to today and hoping to, uh, to be there when they retire his Jersey someday in Syracuse. I know Angie's going to be listening to this. So hopefully they, uh, they retire it. I'll pass the number along. Number 10, though, still has never been given out since him. So it's kind of been quasi-retired, which is great. But well, uh, yeah, I'm with you. At some point, I'm sure his uh, it might become official. Uh, you know, we talked about some of the young guys. Who who were some of the young players uh, from your couple years that maybe you formed a, a, a good relationship with and have either stayed in touch with or, or followed as their, their careers have continued, uh, whether it's still in the AHL, whether it's up in the NHL? Who are some of those guys? Yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, so many, uh, you know, so obviously some names that come to mind that came in, that played, that you knew weren't going to be AHL players for long. You know, Kuch, Kucherov came in and he was the AHL player of the month as a rookie. You know, obviously knew he wasn't going to stick around long. Vasilevsky was there. 
Um, you know, obviously knew his commitment was, was incredible. Um, you know, Yanni Gord was a guy that we, we kind of brought in out of nowhere, to be honest. I, I'm sure he came from somewhere. I can't think of where and he just continued to improve and work hard. And he, you know, still, still keep in touch with him. Obviously Marshy, Marshy was there. Um, Slater Cuckoo, I still, you know, talk to, um, you know, I'm sure I'm forgetting some other guys, but those are just some guys that you knew that, you know, they were heading down the right path. They were great people off the ice. And, um, you know, I think Vladdy Nemestikov was another guy. Luke Wachowski was a young guy. So, I mean, we had a really good group and like, a, you know, probably didn't win as much as we should have, but all those players were, were destined to be in the NHL and, you know, they're still there now. Yeah. It's been so much fun to, to follow, like you said, some of those careers and how they've taken off and whether you knew it or not, some of those guys were uh, certainly out of the way, but yeah, Kucherov was great at the start. You knew Vassy was going to be on his way as well. Uh, you know, playing in Syracuse, everyone home, you know, the home team, the, the visitors always talk about the fans in this building uh, now upstate medical university arena. What was it like for you and, and how much did you enjoy, you know the fans here in Syracuse yeah you know the, fan, the fans were great you know there was uh, very rarely did you, you play in front of an empty building you know the reality of the American League is sometimes on a Wednesday night in, uh, in Binghamton it can get a little sleepy and you know uh, lucky enough in Syracuse it, it never really got to that point and um, you know obviously the big rivalry games were always exciting and uh, it was always it always felt like a, a, a bigger crowd than maybe it was and that was just the, the nature of the building and um, you know, they did a great job, you know, reaching out to the community. We did a ton of community events. And I think for a lot of people in Syracuse, uh, obviously, you know, SU is the big brand in the area, but in terms of the hockey, it was really the, the, the one of one. And, um, you know, we did a great job connecting with people in the, in the community. And I think people enjoyed coming to the games and they knew that we were always going to have a great effort, whether, you know, we won or not was, was second. We, they knew that, uh, you know, guys cared and guys enjoyed being part of that organization. And I think that showed, you know, on the ice. You mentioned the community, you know, as a player, you know, for you, whether it was here in Syracuse or elsewhere, I'm sure you were always involved in the community. I know you were when you were with the Crunch. How important was that for you as a person and then to be able to connect to the community? Like, what is What does that mean to you as, as a player and as a person, be able to kind of really dig into a community like you did away from the ice? Yeah, I mean, it's huge, you know, I mean, for like I said, I, I was a veteran guy and I had, you know, two kids, both were in school. And so for me, when, you know, you only spend a, a three hours a day at the rink, the, the other, the other time is, is away from the rink, dealing with people outside of hockey that, you know, you, you wanted to feel proud about the organization you were part of. And, you know, it was great to be, you know, part of my, you know, my daughter's, she went to Blessed Sacrament and, you know, everyone there knew about the crunch and was willing to support any, um, you know, fundraising efforts we had and, and the crunch were always willing to support with tickets or memorabilia to, you know, the school. It's just people don't realize that the rink is only a small part of your day. You know, you spend the rest of your time at the mall, at uh, restaurants, at, you know, in my case, at schools and daycares, you, you want people to feel that sense of community. It's not, you know, you don't just, you know, at least for me, my life outside of the rink was, was just as important as it was at the rink and, you know, people, people love the, the crunch and um, we tried to help out as much as we could. Circling back to, uh, you know, playing here, both 
with the crunch and then as an opponent, you, you made your rounds around the AHL, like you mentioned earlier. You were uh, you played for four different teams in the state with uh, with Rochester, uh, Albany, Adirondack, and of course Syracuse. You were also with Wilkesbury, with Manchester. What was the experience like on the other side when you were coming in as an opponent? I, I mean, I could remember when you were with Wilkesbury. I was here as an intern, and and you would hear it from the fans for sure as an opponent. What was it like from the other side? Yeah, it was uh, it was always an intense place to play. It was always a team that had uh, a lot of toughness, which which always was uh, you know something you had to be you know aware of it and some, you know concerned about. And, um, yeah, I mean like like I said, the fans were always on top of you. And um, you know, as a player, you know, even as a visiting player, you you, you know loved playing in those environments because it, it was there was some passion there. It was you know let's say you you know you came to the rink and you weren't feeling your best, and all of a sudden. You know, someone starts heckling you and, you know, you're kind of like, all right, I'm going to show this guy tonight. You know, it, it, it just adds a little sense of extra motivation when sometimes it's not there. Um, you know, I think that's that's what that's what made that that rank special. The year before you were with the Crunch, you were with the Penguins. Uh, it was a playoff series that year, the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, it did not go your way from your perspective with the Penguins. Uh, it was the Crunch's first appearance in the Calder Cup Finals uh, in 2013. What do you remember from that series? I, I know how good that that Crunch team was, uh, especially when they got guys back from Tampa Bay at the end of the year. What was it? You know, what was the challenge of playing that Crunch team that year? What do you remember from the series? Yeah, I remember we, uh, you know, we should have won the series. That's what I remember being in Wilkes-Barre. Um, but uh, no, I mean, we we had we had. I remember we had just came out of uh, beating Providence. We were we were down three nothing in that series and, and won four straight to come back. So on a huge emotional high and feeling great about ourselves. And then uh, I believe we won game one or game two of that series and felt really good going home one one. And then. Um, you know, lost a bunch of close games at home and um, just couldn't really get it back on track after that. I just remember, you know, that t- that Syracuse team being, you know, loaded with obviously the veteran guys, but, you know, all kinds of guys that had come down from Tampa or some college free agents and, um, you know, guys like Tyler Johnson and Killorn and Labrie. I mean, th- that team, I think, I think eight or 10 players on that team playing the NHL the following year. So, um you know, we, we really, we thought we would win that series. We, we obviously did not, but you know, we, we knew we lost to a really good team. Yeah. It was a very competitive series for uh, just being a five game series. And, and of course, uh, you know, a lot of the players had won the Calder cup the year before as well in Norfolk, uh, who had come here to Syracuse. Uh, you did a lot of fun stuff uh, when you were with the crunch though. A lot of, um, I mean, there were some marquee th- events. Uh, you went to France twice preseason uh, exhibition in France. What was, uh, what were those experiences like getting the opportunity to go to France for some training camp and some exhibition games? Yeah. I mean, what a, cool experience that was uh especially you know growing up in montreal you know speaking french it was i'd never been and and for me and the other french speaking players on the team it was it was really a cool experience um you know maybe didn't uh prepare us as best as it could for the season you know we probably uh you know had a little bit too much wine and uh, too many uh too many baguettes but um in terms of team bonding it was really an incredible experience and um, you know, I think a lot of times you, these teams are trying to develop good hockey players, but also trying to develop good people. And that was really an experience that, um, you know, uh, I look back on and still kind of laugh and chuckle at some of the, uh, you know, some of the places that we visited and uh, some of the things we did, it was really, uh, unique and, um, you know, 
a really kind of a cool memory of my time there. Is there any uh, anything in particular that stands out from those trips? Uh, any of the places you did get a chance to visit or do while you were uh, over there? Oh man, uh, I remember we uh, we went to Paris uh, for a day trip, I believe, and um, we had lunch on a on a on, on a basically like a river cruise, and we kind of. Uh, cruise around the canals around Paris and just kind of got a close-up view and some history. And I mean, talk about a, you know, a once in a lifetime, you know, opportunity to, to do that. Um, you know, probably something I still can't afford now, but to be able to have lunch on a, on a river cruise with, you know, 20, 20 guys sipping, uh, you know, sipping on some wine, it was really, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a cool experience. And, you know, again, something I, I I look back on as as a great memory. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like quite a day uh, there in in France and in Paris. Uh, another fun event uh, that the Crunch had uh, during your time here was the game up in the Carrier Dome, the Toyota Frozen Dome Classic. That that whole experience, uh, what what you know, what was that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the lead up to it was was really cool. Um, I actually was was hurt for that game, so I didn't play, but. I remember working hard to come back just to at least be able to get on the ice for it. And, uh, you know, I remember we had a practice and the ice wasn't ready and they had all these cones on the ice. There must've been 50 cones on the ice where there was, uh, there was, there was holes and you can see the cement and this was a day before. So we was really down to the wire. And, uh, but we ended up getting a little skate. We brought all the families out there. We skated with our kids and, 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 you know, wives and, and girlfriends and stuff. And it was really, uh, that part was really cool. There's, you know, a couple of great pictures from that day. And then obviously the, the game the following day, um, didn't get to play in it, but I remember watching it. It was just a really, couldn't believe how many people were there. Couldn't believe that, you know, Howard and Jim and the team pulled it off. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, you know, I, to be honest, I can't even remember if we won or lost. It seems irrelevant. The event itself was was kind of cool. Yeah, well, the crunch did end up winning, but like you said, it was kind of just the whole the magnitude of the event, uh, which which kind of stole the show, uh, which was which was awesome to see from afar. When you know, I, I wasn't here at that point, but uh, certainly great to see. Uh, you ended your 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 time in in Syracuse. You, you ended up uh, getting traded at the end of uh, one of those your last season. You go to Rochester. I've heard a story. I don't know if you can confirm. Or deny, but uh, heard a story that on your way out you kind of pulled a little prank on on the guys uh, before you you hit the road to Rochester. Is that right? Uh, I mean, I won't confirm or deny, um, but I was uh, I was known to uh, you know occasionally prank the guys. Um, you know, to be honest, I was always you know just trying to get even. That they would prank me, so I uh, felt the uh, felt the need to to have one last uh, prank on the way out. <laughs> Is there any uh, prank in particular that stands out, whether you were on the receiving end or the one dishing it out from, from your time here, or is there one that was kind of your go-to, uh, go-to move across your, your time in the league? Oh man. So many, so many pranks. Uh, so many guys that, that got it. Um, I, I can't remember any specifically. Some probably, uh, you know, don't uh, don't really feel comfortable sharing, but uh, I remember one actually in Wilkesbury. It was all the veterans had an optional skate, and it was you know half the team was skating, and we went into everyone's locker and got everyone's keys and parked all the cars in some kind of zigzag formation in the corner of the parking lot. Took all the keys and put them all into one keychain and one gigantic mess. Um, you know, I remember that not being a fun experience for the guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'll blame uh, I'll blame Corey Potter for that one. All right, uh, fair enough. We'll we'll shift it to him. <laughs> that that seems reasonable to me. You obviously spent a, a long time in the AHL. You were uh, you know six hundred and seventy games in the in the AHL, which is uh, top one hundred all time in the league. You know when you say the American Hockey League, what what does that mean to you? Yeah, you know I'm. I didn't realize at the time, but it's something now that I'm that I'm pretty proud of to have stuck around that league for that long. And, you know, nowadays I, I you know, I don't follow it as much as I used to, but I can't, uh, it seems like the league is getting younger and younger. And uh, I doubt players are playing that long in the league, but uh, you know, I'm proud of the fact that I, I, I was in there as a, as a young prospect that started my career, you know, chasing an NHL dream. And then, you know, was able to adapt my, my game and sort of my mentality to, to be more of that veteran guy and just be a good person off the ice. And that, you know, again, cared about his teammates success and, um, you know, cared about the organization as a whole on the ice and the community. And, um, I look back now and it's crazy to think that, you know, 11 years flew by and, um, seems like a, you know, a lifetime ago, but, you know, I, I still laugh at, at, at some memories that pop up on my phone. And, uh, whenever I see some old teammates, it's, it's as if we never left and, um, you know, I wish I can, you know, relive one more year, but, uh, it's not the case, but, um, yeah, it's pretty special to look back and, and think I was able to do that for 11 years. Um, you know, postpone my, my career in the real world for, for that long. It's, uh, something I'm proud of now for sure. Yeah. It's great to see, uh, but the real world has certainly, uh, has beckoned, uh, any, uh, final thought you want to share with, uh, with crunch fans or anyone listening to this about, uh, about your time uh, in Syracuse, just a uh, one final general thought. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, thanks to everyone for the, uh, you know, support when I was there and the, uh, you know, the, the, the verbal abuse when I wasn't, when I was part of different teams, it was a special place. And I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I well, ended my career uh, somewhat in, you know, in that area and, uh, you know, look forward to, to going back and at some point for a game, you know, bring my, bring my family and, um, you know, kind of, uh, reminisce with, uh, whoever happens to be there. So it was a really special time for me and, um, you know, Look, to, look forward to going back. Well, Joey Mormina, former Syracuse Crunch defenseman. We certainly appreciate the time here today. Thanks for joining us on Crunch Chronicles. And yeah, we look forward to having you here again for a game at some point down the road. And uh, maybe we'll we'll get you here for that Mike Angelitas uh, jersey retirement down the line as well. I won't miss that event, that's for sure. All right, Joey, thanks again for your time. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, looks. Thank you. That was Joey Mormina here on episode six of Crunch Chronicles. We thank Joey for his time this week on the show. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with him here this week. I thought it was a fun one for Joey uh, talking about you know the Crunch's trip to to France for a couple of preseason uh, exhibitions and and training camps over the couple of years at the very beginning of the affiliation with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Crunch haven't gone to France in a number of years, but they used to do that uh, pretty regularly going elsewhere for training camp. Joey talked about that, his experience with the uh, the Frozen Dome Classic, even though he didn't play in the game, it was still a pretty significant moment for him, and just being a big leader in the organization here for the Crunch while he was here for three years. So, uh, a very uh, nice conversation with Joey Mormina. Again, we hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we appreciate him giving us the time. One of the, uh, the guys who really dug his uh, feet in, dug his roots into this community while he was here. And you heard that as well. Uh, Not only just 
you know, going to the rink, going home, not really getting involved in the community. He was a real part of this Syracuse and the central New York community during his time here. So uh, a guy that is a big part of this organization when he was here and uh, a key pillar of the leadership group very early on in this Tampa Bay Lightning affiliation, the second, third, and fourth years of the affiliation. Joey was a big part of that. There's no doubt about that. If you enjoyed our conversation with Joey, we'd uh, certainly appreciate you giving us a a rating and a review of the show here today and of our show overall. Episode six now in the books. Our first five episodes, of course, are available wherever you are listening to this podcast here today with the likes of folks like Pat Maroon, Eddie Pasquale, Carter Verhage, Ross Colton was just last week, of course, the, uh, the guy who scored the Stanley Cup clinching goal last year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we have plenty more guests coming your way next week and beyond right here on Crunch Chronicles. If you have any stories with Joey Mormina or any of our previous guests, we certainly appreciate and enjoy hearing those and like sharing them on the show here as well. You can email me at lfavali at syracusecrunch.com and I'd be very happy to share those with uh, the rest of the listeners here. If you have any good stories about any of the folks we've had here on our show so far. Just a quick update on what's going on in the present day for The Crunch. If you're listening to this here this week, the the week the episode has been released. Training camp and preseason is now in the books for The Crunch. Crunch going one and one of their preseason schedule. Boy, it was so great to have fans back at Upstate Medical University Arena on uh, this past Saturday night on October 9th. First time that we've had anyone really in the building in so long. And now we're just looking ahead to the actual home opener on October 23rd, when it should be one uh, exciting night for the Crunch against the Utica Comets. Crunch open up the regular season on October 15th at the Cleveland Monsters. That's this week. If you're listening here to this episode on the week it was released. We can't wait, though, to get this 2021-2022 season started and continue not only watching the present day Crunch, but discussing the former Crunch players as well as we continue with Crunch Chronicles. That'll do it for us this week. We'll be back once again next week with another great episode, another great Crunch alumni coming your way on another episode of Crunch Chronicles.